Blog Talk Radio. Dallas, Texas, 75216. 
Once again, I want to thank each and every one who are listening to the show and thank you for your continued prayers and support. Question. Uh Okay. Question. Do you find yourself going out and not paying attention to your surroundings? That sets many women up to become a victim of attack. On today's show, we're going to have a great and dear friend of mine by the name of Miss Deborah Freeman. She's our personal awareness advisor, and she is going to talk to us about safety and other things in the episode called Women's Sense of Awareness. Right now, I would like to ask everyone who's listening Please welcome at this time, Miss Deborah Freeman. How you doing today, ma'am? I'm very good. Thank you, Mr. Prater. Thank you for Thanks. having me. Well, no problem. Um, uh, for those who don't know, first of all, Miss um, Freeman, uh, before we <clears throat> excuse me, before we get into the show, I want to say a little bit of, about her. Then I'm going to ask her to kind of give a background about herself. Um, for those that know, I work for the Dallas County Sheriff's Department, and my training officer was Miss Deborah Freeman. Uh, she brings a lot of experience in law enforcement and just many other things. And also, she not only was my training officer, helped me to become the person I am today, but also um, she was the young lady that forwarded my book. She was um she wrote some beautiful words and um I'm very excited for her to be here and um Miss Freeman if you could just tell the listener audience a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well after I graduated from college I um majored in criminal justice and I started working in jail and I was twenty three years old in nineteen eighty two. Um I retired and 2010 in August, and everything that I know, everything that I do, uh, I learned from those conflicts of being, you know, basically incarcerated myself for 28 years. And so, you know, and working in the pod and and working just in some of the places you were alone and you had to be attentive every day. You couldn't go out and party and come back to work, sleep. I needed, I knew all of the time, even back then where I was, because, you know, then you you read some of their charges and you knew you had to be alert. I had to stay focused on where I was and who was around me. And so that made me the person that I am today. I'm, I'm very in tune of where I'm at and, and who's around me, period. And that's how I, I want the ladies to be, because, like, even when I'm out shopping, I'll watch a lady with her purse um, in the grocery cart, and she's in L A, and her purse is in C, and I'm not understanding why she thinks that's okay. But it's so much going on in, in this planet we live in today. 
and people yeah. are just so focused on what they're doing and the holiday seasons are coming up. Everybody's looking at the discounts and the sales, and they're not focused, not even on their children, letting on their, their purse or their personal items. Yeah. So I love what I do. Um, I, I want women to be focused as well, just like I was back in the jail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I can honestly say you helped me to become uh, even more focused when I started <clears throat> Excuse me. When I started at the county, I was uh, I think I was 21, and mm-hmm. I came from the grocery store. Worked at a grocery store one day, asking if you want paper or plastic, and then the next day, um, mm-hmm. shaking down inmates. I've never been in jail, anything like that. So right. I went from one mm-hmm. extreme to the other, and then mm-hmm. that to me that really grew me up. And I tell people now, I spend over half my life up there. And I think for people who have been up there or work up there, who take their job seriously, it really gives you a different perspective in life. It really really opens you up to let you know how sometimes how dangerous things are. Working in the jail, it could be, I mean, it, it would take a turn from sunny, a sunny day in the jail, if you will, where we work, to thunder and lightning before shift change. Things yeah. happen. They need officer backup. But then you figure out, you know, you, knew, you know where we work and the people that's incarcerated. And some of those same people that were in there, they're in the free world. They're out there free and some of them still have the same mentality I don't want to work I can't work I have a record now so I need to steal I need to rob and they're out there but we know them we have a discernment God gives everybody discernment mm-hmm. and some of those people again we know by faith and we'll say hey um, officer Prater hey Miss Freeman whatever and we know what to look for. And, and some people, like um, some teachers, they're so innocent, if you will. They don't have that same mindset as we do. Because mm-hmm. we were kind of like forced to be aware of our surroundings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we yeah. knew who, what our, our surroundings were. We knew what, what those people were about. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't mind me asking, uh, what got you in first of all, what got you interested in law enforcement? Well, I used to be a teacher, a kindergarten teacher. I taught at Martin Luther King Center and uh, I was strict then and I, I you know, and I and even in high school I thought that I wanted to be a teacher. Um, but that didn't happen. But my supervisor saw my kids because they they wouldn't go to sleep. I'll say, you know, it's time for you to take a nap, go to sleep. And they wouldn't go to sleep. I said, okay, I got them to run around the fence until they got tired. They were so tired. And my my uh, supervisor, she saw that. She said, Freeman? And, but it was so strange because after one of my students, I'll never forget his name. His name was Royston. And so Royston, he goes, he came up to me and said, I love you, Miss Freeman. He was so tired and sweaty. And he went in there and he went to sleep. But I'm all about discipline. I mean, it wasn't a bad thing, but he, he did. He went to sleep. And she, she told me, she said, Freeman, uh, Ms. Freeman, I think you need to go on law enforcement. And so I did. And so I did. 
Mm. Well, I'm glad she gave you that word of advice. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she did, yes. And so just that method of you teaching, you end up first starting at, you started at federal? 23. Okay. No, I started at the sheriff's department first. Okay. I started I started working at the sheriff's department. I stayed there for five years. I see I worked at the court desk and there we got all the paperwork and escorted the the inmates to court. We mm-hmm. got the tor- the court dockets ready and we took the uh, inmates to court after that. And I stayed there for five years and I and I think I got bored. Um mm-hmm. and then I saw I worked at the federal prison and there, you know, uh, there again you you're in the buildings, you work in a unit, and you're in there maybe 35 inmates at that time, or maybe more, and you're in that building alone with people you have no clue of what they've done, but they did something to get themselves in the um, federal pen. And so mm-hmm. I worked there as well. And so, again, I had to uh, maintain my professionalism and be alert and aware of my surroundings because I knew who was in jail or in the institution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was never one to uh, keep my guards down. I'm always on guard, and I would like for other people to be like-minded in in the place we live at today. This is so dangerous. In Dallas mm-hmm. alone, we have um, three rapists down, and people are not talking about it because um, they talked about it. They haven't um, captured them, or maybe they have committed another crime or attacked another woman and maybe she doesn't want to come forth we don't know but in Dallas alone there's three actually four um, rapists out there and you know that lady um, was at the bank she went to the bank at 4 o'clock in the morning well the correct the actual time was 5.12 in the morning Mm, we don't know why she went but um, you, it's not wise to go to the bank if nobody else is there, no other cars. And when you de- do see uh, people walking up at a drive-thru, maybe you should drive off and not just sit there and take your money. That wasn't a wise choice. And, you know, if anything, she could have went to a 7-Eleven where there's ample cameras, lights, and more people there because they're open 24-7. You know, um, it's it's unfortunate. A lot it's of very people, unfortunate. They don't mm-hmm. pay attention to the times that we're living in, and sometimes it, people mm-hmm. can easily make the assumption because well, mm-hmm. it never happened down here, or it never happened to me. It will never happen. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it, like you said, it is sad because some people have that mindset, well, I live in a gated community. I live over here. I live over there, and it's such a good neighborhood. Well, I always tell my audience, all neighborhoods are good. It's the people that live in your neighborhood. Some people in your neighborhood are sheep in wolf clothing, and you don't have a clue. You're just assuming that he lives in that nice neighborhood, but you really don't know that person's history. Because mm-hmm. he's got that suit on, you don't know what he was or how he is before he puts that suit on. 
You don't mm-hmm. have a clue. You're just assuming. And a lot of women, they do assume. And um, um, just like um, this movie, uh, Oprah movie, it's, it was called um, For Color Girls. And they had a guy in a suit on, and this dancer thought that that was the man of her dreams. And he said what she wanted to hear. She thought she found him to be just quite intriguing. He was attractive. He wore a suit every time they went on dates. And then when he finally got her to her apartment, he assaulted her. And when he took off his suit, nothing but tattoos because he was in prison. Hmm. And he was a, a total wolf in sheep's clothing. And that's how a lot of men and women are today. And every puts on, every, a lot of people put on a... Um, Facade, I'm this great person, but in reality, you're not. You 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 are a, a wolf in sheep clothing, and they take okay. advantage of, of of women and children. Uh, this this um, being vulnerable. Even while we're on the subject, before we even go more between the two, um, the activities that you do. If you can mm-hmm. even talk about a little bit pertaining to, <clears throat> excuse me, pertaining to the jails, is so many that we've seen where a woman could be a wife, girlfriend, come visit right. the guy. Mm-hmm. She thinks that, oh well, you know, he he goes to church or I met him in church and he's a nice guy, but when we deal with him in the jail. Just putting it out there. Mm-hmm. In a homosexual cell. Right. Or he mm-hmm. living a mm-hmm. he living a double lifestyle or they call mm-hmm. it um what you call it? Not low down low. Down low. Down low. He's down on the down low. Down low. Down low. Right. You well know. but but on the same token, uh, Mr. Prater, some of those guys in that they're manipulators because mm-hmm. You know, you know, I'm not being stereotypical to say that uh, some com- some inmates are are cleaner than the other. But as you as I know, those uh, homosexual tanks in jail where we worked, they are cleaner. Mm-hmm. They do clean mm-hmm. a lot. You get special privilege privileges in there from the other inmates that you just don't get at home. Mm-hmm. And so they're only, and I always say, it's, they're gay for a day. Yeah. And when they yeah. get out, they go back to their wife and their children. But while they're there, it's just a facade, and they're gay for a day. And they're mm-hmm. manipulating. They manipulate uh, some of the officers, you know, because they have to fill out that, that card. And mm-hmm. then after they get, get their needs fulfilled, oh, I don't want to be in here anymore. You can take me out now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what he's doing to his, you know, manipulating the the system to get what he wants, and that's how some the convicts do. Other officers, um, oh, you look so beautiful today. You're the best officer here. Could you bring mm-hmm. me a cigarette? I mean, I haven't smoked in a long while. Could you bring me this? And and they they're manipulators. And and what I do, and in some of my classes, I was asked, um. I'll ask you, so, Mr. Prater, how many brothers do you have? Now, see, three. Very good. And see, some people 
will, if I ask you a question, they'll say, well, I have three brothers and I have two sisters. No, I have four sisters, but one died. And they give out a lot. Women do that every day. If you ask them one question, they give you a thousand answers. And that's how a lot of the convicts find out a lot about them from the answers that they give. Because most people, a man, even men when you see uh, that's flirting with us on, on the street, they'll say, well, did you go to SOC? Did you go to Lincoln? They ask the wrong question to get the right answer. Mm-hmm. And women give out too much information. You should only give what they ask you. Right. And that's how in jail, again, they ask so much and they get so much information because the woman is bored, maybe at home. She don't have anybody to talk to. So she has this in common. She's just, she sees the same inmate every day. And now she's feel, feeling comfortable and not knowing that she's been, he's manipulating her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he sees and- the need in her that, oh, she's lonely. She doesn't have anybody to talk to. So let me just go ahead and flatter her and tell her how beautiful she is to get what I want. Now, real quick, don't lose your train of thought. I do want to explain something for those who are not aware. When we were talking about the homosexuals in the jail and Ms. Mm -hmm. Freeman spoke about uh, the card. Now, an inmate is not, quote, unquote, classified as a homosexual until they sign a card. It's like a waiver mm-hmm. acknowledgement stating, okay, exactly. I'm mm-hmm. acknowledging myself as a homosexual, as a homosexual, as I would like to be classified with other homosexuals. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure to put it out there for those who may not be aware of it. Now, even you right. and Sam, mm-hmm. they, mm-hmm. people study in the jail or even out there mm-hmm. in the streets, people watching mm-hmm. you, people studying you, they're watching your behavior, and they're, mm-hmm. you have to be consistent with who you are, regardless of exactly. if mm-hmm. you're having a bad day at home or if you're mm-hmm. having a good day at home. People mm-hmm. are watching. The inmates are watching. Mm-hmm. The people mm-hmm. outside of the jail mm-hmm. are watching mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And looking at it, they already know what they want out of you. And a lot of times mm-hmm. they already know that you got it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, but they, they, they choose, the prejudice choose their victim. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, you know, you have to be competent and know where you're going. And just like when you go to the store. Now, when you go to the store, the salesperson and they're looking at you, they look at you, and they know you need to help because you can't find what you're looking for. You have that puzzled look on your face, and they're saying, may I help you with something? May I help you find something? Because you have that look where you look like you need help. And outside, and as we say in the free world, your, 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 body, um, you, your body talks. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're not saying anything verbally, but when you're looking down and depressed, or you have that friendly face, they're going to come up to you and even touch you. And I teach my mm-hmm. women, you don't give me 50 feet. There's a song, give me 50 feet. You should let anybody come up to you that close where they can touch you. Right. You know, but 
um, predators, they pick and choose their victims by what they're wearing and like I said their their body language tells a lot. Hmm. I wanna I wanna share something with you. This is my pet peeve and I'ma say it and you can just have at it. One okay. of the pet peeves that I have, I hate to see a young lady with a purse and her purse is open as she walking around. That irritates the mess out of me. They have all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's like, first of all, you don't value what you have in your purse. Second mm-hmm. of all, you inviting people, you letting people know what's in your purse. Right. Not only stuff can be, you know, the wind can blow stuff, but what happened if somebody just walk right beside you and take mm-hmm. what you have in there? That's. Mm-hmm. Mm, that that, that yeah. rubs me the wrong way. Uh, well, you know, we do love Michael and Louis Vuitton. We love Michael Louis Vuitton and Coach. We do. But, you know, um, right now is, is the holiday season. And uh, one thing I do preach about in all of my classes, I, I, I talk about big purse, and I say it. It's, it's called big purse for no reason. Now, during this holiday season, or when you go to the store, period, what's the point of the big purse? When you're going to the store, you're getting more bags. You're going shopping. During this holiday season, you're, you're carrying more bags, plus you've got that big purse. And the sad thing about carrying a big purse for no reason is when it's time for you to go to your car, first off, you can't find your car. And you're, so I'm after you, somebody's after you, you can't even find your keys in your big purse because the bigger the purse is, the more stuff you put in it that you don't need. And when you're out shopping, all you need is a small crossbody bag, your credit card, and your money, and maybe a lip gloss. And that's it. So I'm with you as far as the big purse. And, it, and then it's just if you have it open, and then some and some older women don't even know their purses are open. So I hate I I do I'm I'm with you. I carry purses, but uh, they're always closed and they're always on my side. But when I'm out shopping, I don't carry a big purse because hmm. it, it draw. If you get a big Louis Vuitton bag, everybody knows what Louis Vuitton is. They know it's an expensive purse, and they're gonna assume that you have millions. Well. inside the purse. So they're going to look at you first Mm -hmm. and then grab your purse because you're bringing attention to yourself when you're at the, when you're, when you're carrying it. That's how she must got money. Just like the same as somebody, they could put a homeless man in a, in a, in a BMW or or Mercedes and they'll assume that he's making money and he's a homeless guy. They just did it for uh, a test or something. But people mm-hmm. just assume. And so I'm with you with the big purse. It's just, uh, the holiday season, I, I just don't think, and I don't think it's wise to carry a big purse this holiday season, or better yet, I mean, period, when you go into the store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to watch. You have to be mindful even the time Very mindful. that you go mm-hmm. out. And mm-hmm. personally, if you do plan on going somewhere, even if it's day or night or whatever, 
there's nothing wrong with you calling someone, hey, let's go together. Right. You know, that's true, too. But on the same token, um, a lot of people do like to travel. I mean, you you do need to communicate. If you... If you do have a best buddy that you go out with, um, yeah, okay, let's go shopping and whatever. But you also need to to, um, to communicate because a lot of my friends are married. You know, I tell you need to call your husband, let him know that you're that we're together, we're at the mall, and we'll call him. You know, when we get back, a lot of people don't do that. And with the young students, you know, they're out. You know, like my nephew, I said, Justin, call me when you get back to school. There's so much going on. So my thing is I love to communicate, and I teach my classes to communicate to your spouse or to your kids. I'm on my way home from the store. I got a lot of groceries. I need you to come outside and and pick them up and help me uh, take them into the house. So you need to always communicate with your spouse or significant other when you're uh, on your way home or you, you made it to work or wherever you're going. You need to always communicate that fact. Yeah, your whereabouts. Let me know your whereabouts. Yeah, you 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 have to. You, you there's something you have to do, and like in the, as far as the time, like you said, I, I just some things you, I know while some WalMarts are open twenty four seven, and be mindful. You know, be mindful of your surroundings and hardly nobody's. Maybe a lot of people at the store. I don't know, but you need to be mindful of of where you are. And let that, your husband or whoever know that you're going to the store late at night and. You just need to communicate that. Yeah. And, and you know, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, even just being aware, I found out some people are distracted by their phones. They can go into the store, out of the mm-hmm. store, they're on their phones. They're mm-hmm. so focused on the phone, mm-hmm. they're not even paying attention mm-hmm. to their surroundings. Mm-hmm. You know? hmm And that is the problem, too. It's just like... um. You know, anytime I go to it, anytime, like you just said, they go into the store with their cell phone and then they're there, they've got all their groceries or whatever they just purchased and they have everything, nothing out other than a cell phone. I find it to be very disrespectful when you get to that counter and you have that phone in your hand but not your money and you're still holding up the line because you're so focused on your conversation, not your surroundings, but your conversation. I find that to be very disrespectful. And even now in Dallas, I've seen several signs saying, we'll serve you after you finish your conversation or when you get off the phone. Yeah. And yeah. they have came, yeah. And that's what, I mean, that's a sad state of affair that we have signs telling you to get off your phone and you're next in line after you get off the phone. Please, you know, and, and people do that. And it's so sad that, you know, they're so in tune and, uh, and focused on that conversation, they're not even focused on their children. Mm-hmm. And, you know. That, and even when they're at the light, they could be at, I'll just say mainly a red light because Stop saying mm-hmm. you're there for a couple of seconds. But they could be at a red light and they're texting and not even paying attention. Well, you know, they have paying a law in Texas and Dallas now. They can't they can't do that anymore. You know, I know a lot of the youth do that because they don't have to pay for the ticket. Their parents <laughs> do. But mm-hmm. yeah, they 
they are they still do that, but you're not supposed in 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 Dallas you can't talk on a uh text um and drive now. But people do it every day. And that's gonna yeah. be hard for them to stop <clears throat> just like it is. People are hard to put their cell phones down. Hmm. Yeah. Matter of fact, I was watching um I was thinking about this show. I was thinking about the show um this week and I stopped at a red light and I saw a female beside me and she was just texting, texting, didn't look up one bit. Mhm. Mhm. And I was and like, I you know what? Mhm. Mhm. You know, I was thinking, what if I was somebody that was crazy that would jump out of my car, jump in hers, take a purse, a robber, or whatever, or somebody walking right beside her, and just, mm-hmm. you know, just robber. You know. Mhm. Mhm. People not paying attention. No, not at all. And like I said, that that has um, happened here in Dallas where a lady was at the red light and somebody got out of the car and got into her front seat and pulled a, a gun on her. And that's another thing that I'm focused on um, when I'm talking to my, my ladies is that while you're in the car, you need to keep your doors locked at the red light when you get out of the car, when you're at the gas pump because they have this crime out called sliders. And what that is, they know women, they know when they're on that cell phone, they're going to get out of that car, go to the um, gas tank, and stare at the gas pump and talk on the phone. They're not going to lock the doors. And the, 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 the criminals, the predators, they know that. And so that, new, that crime is called sliders. And so the best thing to do is when you're at the gas Station. Time you get out of that car, lock your door, and put the phone down, and pay attention to your surroundings. They they show that I have several videos on YouTube of sliders where women are just like I said, getting out of the car, looking directly at the gas pump. It's not going anywhere. It's nothing new, but they look at that gas pump. That's what they're focused on, even when they don't have the phone in their hand. And the doors are unlocked. And so after something happens or they see it, they change their, their whatever, their, their habit. Their habits change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think another thing that would be very helpful, pay attention to the news and the newspaper mm-hmm. to check and see if there's someone that's listed as a sex offender in the neighborhood. Right. But you know, they, you also have that phone on your, on the, um, you can pull it up. It's called uh family watchdog.com. Okay. That's what it's called. Family watchdog.com. It'll show that person's face. It would show, um, where he lives, um, and the charge. It's familywatchdog.com. But, you know, you can't identify. They don't have identifiable marks on them when you're out and about, you know. Mm -hmm. I can't, like, say, you know, 
be stereotypical or, or, or charged and say, well, he looks like this and he looks like that. You just have to be uh, aware of your surroundings. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't, you know, because everybody with the hoodie on is not a convict because Martha Stewart went to jail. Mm-hmm. And so everybody, mm-hmm. some people will see people with a hood on and grab their purse. And in fact, that's probably an undercover police officer, but you're programmed to think otherwise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be mindful. I don't care <clears throat> who are you standing next to, whether they have on a suit or not, or a hoodie, you need to be mindful, period, of your surroundings. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that's important because I think a lot of times, like you said, you never know who they are until the opportunity comes. That's when they're exactly. Mm-hmm. That's when everything is Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they would say, "Well, I didn't know he was like that. Mm-hmm. I you just assume because he looked that way. He didn't have a tash. He had just like Ted Bondi. I used Ted in my class, and mm-hmm. um, and when I show this presentation." Everybody, and I also have Lil Wayne up there because he's got a lot of tats, and a lot of people really don't know, because I'm speaking at the churches, they don't know Lil Wayne, but they know Ted Bundy. They may not know him, but they know that he doesn't have any tats on. He looks like an attorney, which he did represent himself when he was alive. But, you know, Ted Bundy killed um, 34 people, a lot of women a lot of them were sorority sisters and they also killed a 12 year old girl but a lot of people chose ted bundy in my presentation because of the way he looked and then when i tell him well you know ted was no longer here he he was a serial killer and i'm like oh my god they're really surprised and they don't pick little wayne because of the tattoos and the gold and the tattoo to face and the locks and then I let them know, you know, he's a rap guy, and he did go to jail. He went to jail for uh, carrying a weapon and smoking weed. So, yeah, he did. And But the fact of it is, half of uh, the undercover DPD officers, half of the football players, and half of the basketball players look like Lil Wayne. Sure, mm-hmm. killers are never going to look like Lil Wayne because you cannot identify him. He's got markings mm-hmm. all over. You can identify um, a rap guy. Mm-hmm. You can, he's identified. You can't, you can't, none of the serial killers uh, uh, have identifiable markings. Like you say, well, you know, just like I said, Ted Bundy, you can't, he's got black hair and he's real tall and you, you're, you're not really identifying anybody. Mm-hmm. And you, know, you know, it's so, you said that. Because um, remember, remember years ago when we had um, the the DC sniper inmates, huh? Yeah, yeah, New Mexico, uh, yes, and well, New yes. Mexico, and we also had the Massachusetts inmates. Massachusetts, yes. yeah. To me, mm-hmm. Massachusetts was the main one, but we yes. had a lot of inmates that were there. They were there for a long time, and a lot of them mm-hmm. were um, sex offenders. And when you see their yes, charge, they, were. they look yes. nothing like they charged. Yeah. They look like exactly. Sunday school teachers. Right. Like you said, attorneys. Yes, they did. Yes. Mm. Yes, they did. And they talked very intelligently 
Mm-hmm. They can hold a conversation mm-hmm. where it's like, and then when you do read their charts, you just look at them in a sour face like, really? And that's what I mean, how they manipulate. They're con men and con women. They manipulate mm-hmm. by the way they look and their intelligence. Again, everybody that wears, wears uh, tattoos or hoodies, again, uh, what's it? Martha Stewart is an ex-convict, and she's hanging out now with uh, Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. You know, who knew? I mean, you can ask somebody, you, you don't know Martha Stewart went to jail? No, she's a cook. She's a... She's this and she's that. Well, she's an ex-convict, too. Right, right, right. You know, so I, I, I really do. That really annoys <clears throat> me when people see tattoos and everybody judges by what you look like. Mm-hmm. And that's that's sad. And so, like I said, a wolf in sheep clothing. Yeah, and that's the reason why even with, quote-unquote, dating or meeting someone, you have to do your homework, you know. Now, mm-hmm. you may not, you may not have the uh, same access that we had, you know, in the jail, whatever mm-hmm. like that. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that are public record. Check out a person, right? You know, right. And when you go, mm-hmm. when you go to their bathroom, check out their medicine cabinet. Check them out. Don't be so quick. To give yourself mm-hmm. to someone you don't even know or you mm-hmm. have not studied. Mm-hmm. 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 Right. But you know, some women, again, that are, you know, the word of the day, thirsty, and I just need to be in a relationship, um, they, that really doesn't matter. And that's unfortunate. And it's unfortunate it's, it, it, because we know. We know. But it's unfortunate that they're, they're thirsty. They don't want to do that. And then a lot of people say, well, I don't want to do um, online dating. Well, the person that's telling you that stuff on, online is the same person telling you that stuff in your face. They're looking at you and tell you the same lie. What's the mm-hmm. difference? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you meet that person that you <clears throat> met at the church or at the club at the restaurant, they're telling you the same thing that person is telling you online. And then mm-hmm. when you get to, you know, it's the same. Yeah. I, personally, yeah. I don't I don't see the difference. And they say, well, yeah. I don't want to meet anybody online with, you know, you know, and I had this one person, um, friend of mine, she met, um, met somebody, and, you know, he was really braggadocious about the things that he had. He had a nice car he had a swimming pool and he, she just told me everything he said he had and he had pictures on that um dating site to show and when they finally she called me and let me know that she was going to go to a restaurant uh with him and i said did you you know she it, matter of fact she even texted me the picture of him and i thought that was a brilliant idea as well and i asked her did she have a good time and she said no freeman she says that he was ready to leave. They went to a restaurant, and um, it's, this was like this past summer, and he was ready to leave. And I said, well, why? I said, did y'all not have a good time? She said she just, he wanted to go outside, but he wanted to come back in. You know what he wanted? He wanted her to show him her stomach. Hmm. I'm like, What? 
That's what he wanted to see if she had a flat stomach and if she had any stretch marks. I'm thinking, I hope you laugh after that. That that right there should raise some eyebrows, some question marks all over. It's like, what does that mean? Where did that even come from? What is he thinking while he's talking to you to make him ask, could I see your stomach? I want to see if you got stretch marks. That didn't make sense to me. So, again, you know, people are different now. It's a new day. Hmm. And, and where the I'm cell not, phone is taking, taking over. Go ahead. No, no, I'm, I'm just going to say, I'm not going to say everybody that go to jail is bad. There's been some people right. that might have sat on the ticket mm-hmm. or whatever. But Mm-hmm. If you meet somebody, male or female, mm-hmm. you meet somebody and mm-hmm. you know that they've been in jail, mm-hmm. find out mm-hmm. why. Not just from them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because they may mm-hmm. lie. Public mm-hmm. record. Of course. Find out mm-hmm. the source, whatever. Mm-hmm. Because there's so mm-hmm. many young ladies that have mm-hmm. got mixed up with guys that's been mm-hmm. in jail for family and violence. Exactly. Domestic mm-hmm. violence. Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. they've done it before, my philosophy if they hit once, they'll hit again. Mm-hmm. Of course. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe that as well. I believe, But, again, some women really don't care about that. As long as they can say, I have somebody in my life. I know he went to jail, but and he hit me one time, but he pays my bill. He buys me Michael Kors bag and blah, 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 blah. Because they're so lonely, and that's a sad state of affair when somebody has that negative type of history and you have no self-worth and you want that person regardless. Yeah, yeah. No matter what. So that's a sad state of affair for me. Yeah, or even if you feel like, well, you know what? You know, they're a good person. You know, they just need somebody Mm -hmm. to help them. If that's the case... Mm-hmm. You refer them to somebody else. You refer to the right. of the mm-hmm. same sex. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. I agree. I've heard. I've, mm-hmm. I've heard so many young ladies, and of course, there have been some guys, you know, on the opposite side. There's been some that say, "Well, you know, I can change them. I can help them be a better person." You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Only God can do that. Only but, God can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but my my thing is, why get somebody that ain't ready? Why get somebody that's not complete? If they're not complete, then that means if you're willing to be there, if you're ready to invest your heart, your emotion into that, you actually doing something. I'll say it like this. You're trying to be God yourself to that person. You're trying to help mm-hmm. them to do this and do that. Now, it's one thing as a friend with no relationship and you refer mm-hmm. them or whatever. You know, that's one thing. But you in a relationship with someone you're trying to help, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. But you know, like this. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. But sometimes when you say that you refer, because well, sometimes when like people, uh, some you know, some people have multiple personalities, and you're one way with this person, 
and you're the other way with this person. And especially if a guy tells you, I would like for you to meet this brother right here. He's a nice guy. You didn't. You never dated him, so you really don't know how he is in a relationship. Mm-hmm. You just see him from your standpoint, a guy's standpoint. But you, you know what I'm saying. And so it, it, you know, like I said, it's 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 different. I just don't. I just don't. Um, I just don't think that. I, personally, I'm talking about me. I've never could see myself dating anybody in jail because I know I know their history from while mm-hmm. I was there and I know we both know we were there I was there for a long time just like you they're recidivists and they would tell you when they leave I'm never going to come back I'm never going to come back and then three months later they do come back for the same thing mm-hmm. and so I personally wouldn't but you know they when they do get out they say they were robbing people and like I said I talk about the Christmas season because it's here or in the world that we live in today you know, people are all focused on taking and taking and taking what they want when they want it, regardless of who gets hurt. And like I said, and everybody right now is walking around with their cell phone. Even if they don't have a job, they have a cell phone. If they don't have a car, they have a cell phone, you know. And another thing, you know, when, we're, when I'm talking uh, to women, in my class is that one thing you don't do since, uh, you know, you don't give up your cell phone. Your cell phone is your help. Hmm. And so you will see those people that's walking without a car, um, without a cell phone. Maybe the cell phone is in their pocket, but you don't see it. Hey, can I use your cell phone? And then you send hmm. the other guy, because they work in twos. You'll see the other guy going the opposite direction. One is coming, one is going. You don't know the uh, relationship they they have, but then one of them will stop and say, excuse me, ma'am, and they're so sincere, so sincere. Hi, excuse me, ma'am, can I use your cell phone? My car just broke down. I have my kids in the car. That's the key word, my kids. And and then you give up your cell phone. Then the other guy that you thought was leaving comes back and just grabs your purse. You can't call anybody because they have your cell phone, and you never give up your cell phone, never. And that way you, nobody would ask you for your cell phone is that when you're in a crowd or when you're at the mall, it's to put it down when you walk into the parking lot. Have your phone in your purse and your keys in your hand. Because like I said, the same people we work with in those jails, some of them are out for a moment, moment and the holidays or whenever the um, uh, time permits, when they when out, uh, out and about looking at all the women on their cell phones or carrying the big purses, they're going to end uh, um, end back end, end up back in jail, committing a crime because I mean they had opportunity to do so. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you this: um, What would be Let's say a young lady is going out, regardless if she's by herself or with someone, what are some good tools that she can carry with her to be able to even use as a weapon just in case someone may try to attack her? Mm. Well, first off, her, her body language is going to say 
I see you. You can't, this is the person you won't, you, you can't get to. You know, you when you're walking, you need to walk and be poised and confident of, of, of where you are and who you are. Like I said, when you carry yourself in a sluggish way, wait, no matter what you carry in your purse, if your body language says, I'm not going to do anything, and you may have a gun in your purse, but your body language says, you can suck a punch me. I'm not going to remember anything. I'm I'm a lame person. You have to walk with confidence because, again, predators pick their victims. They pick and choose their victims. But if your body language was going to deter somebody, but if you have to carry something, I personally, I carry a weapon. I have a concealed handgun license. I also carry mace in my car. Now, that mace that I carry is a die, and it stays, you know, and that's going to even help the police to uh, apprehend that, that the predator because that, that, that die stays on the face up to 24 to 48 hours. It's an orange die. And so you just can't go and rinse it off like that. It doesn't work that way. It's a die, and I, I chose that for a reason so they could be identified. And so, so, but on the same token, if you're going to carry that mace, you don't need to carry the big purse. It needs to be in your hand. If you lack a physical on your cell phone and after you, and I've watched you when you went into the store until you come out and show you on your cell phone, you can't get to the, your mace fast enough because you're on the cell phone and you're carrying a big purse. And the, the, the bottle of mace that you have is probably a little small kind that you get at um, uh, the academy, but you need to carry the mace uh, in your hand and not in the big purse. So I would say mace with the dye, the gel. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's the gel that I carry. Um, But you have to just stay alert. You know, Mm -hmm. none of those weapons are going to help you if you cannot defend yourself because you're on your cell phone and you're walking with your head down and you don't see me coming to attack you because you can't get to your mace or a weapon fast enough because you're on your cell phone and you're not aware Mm -hmm. of me uh, behind you or you're the predator behind you. Good. And I don't suggest, you know, I don't suggest car keys. And I hear a lot of women, well, I keep my keys in my hand. That's a waste of time to try to walk around and uh, do that. Because once he grabs your arm, you're going to drop the car keys. I don't. A lot of people say they walk around with their car keys. You know, you keep weapons in your car, keep scissors in your car, not only for protection, but maybe you end up in a car wreck and your seatbelt is really tight and you can't get out. It's stuck. So you can cut the seatbelt off, cut the seatbelt out to set you free. But, you know, you keep, like, weapons in your car like that, like scissors, like wasp spray that I tell a lot of women because the stream is far. Yeah, yeah. You know, you get a lot of pan panhandlers coming <clears throat> up to your car and your door is open. You know, at least you would have something to get them off of you. So I suggest wasp spray in your car. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's you're not going to lose it in your big purse because it's, you, it's the first thing you're going to touch if you carry it in your purse. Mm-hmm. And I do want to say this. Some people just may have their own views, but mm-hmm. as a Christian, as a believer, I will say this. Mm-hmm. It's okay mm-hmm. to carry a weapon. Mm-hmm. I've heard so many people, well, you know, uh, I'm just going to let the Lord uh, cover me. God give us wow. common he sense. He gives us wisdom. He gives us common sense and discernment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Children, and it's cats, okay. and dogs have, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, just like animals, you go mess with their babies, they're going to attack you with their, their mouth. Their mouth is their weapon mm-hmm. with those teeth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, no, I, I disagree with that. But, yeah, God wants us to take care of ourselves. He does give us wisdom and discernment. Yeah. And if something happens where somebody trying to come to you, they just say if they have something and you have something, if you can get mm-hmm. to them first, good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, right. I mean, I, I have something to live for. I don't want to Mm-mm. No, look, yeah, that's the consequences yeah. of their choice. Exactly. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because I, 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 God, then Deborah Freeman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take, take care of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody has discernment. And, 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 you know, a lot of people don't have common sense. Um, but, like I said, my classes, I will teach you a different mindset of for what you have. Uh, it's a fun and, like I said, it's a very informative class. And I, I mm-hmm. enjoy teaching my ladies. And um, mm-hmm. uh, another thing that I do in my class is opposed to them having, carrying those big personal reason, I sold these items. It's called a neck wallet, where it's just for their phone, their ID, their money, and it also comes with a key ring, and it comes with a whistle to bring attention to yourself. Even if you're getting attacked, you know, you have that whistle to blow. And somebody may, well, they may think you are the police, but it's going to bring attention to yourself. And also a cellar whistle for your kid because um, some people just don't, uh, they see a guy, I'm going to bring the guy with the suit, the bad guy with the suit, I'm going to bring him into the picture again. They're at the store. They're letting little Johnny go to the toy aisle all by himself or herself. And they don't know where they are. And so I, I got the, the kids to whistle. So uh, are you over there? You know, they could blow the whistle, yes, I'm here, or they could blow the whistle uh, to let their mom know that I'm in danger, you know, because the predator, the predator is over there, but they don't know where their mom is. And so mm-hmm. instead of screaming, you know, they could blow, you know, just, it's like an alert. The whistle is an alert for their parents. Their kid is in danger. Hmm. And I think just kids just need, just need that, period. Because mm-hmm. in the store, they are by themselves. And like I said, even in my presentation, I have um, taken pictures. And mo- majority of my PowerPoint is of me taking pictures of women uh, making them their self potential victims, like leaving their purse in the car, leaving their mail in in the car with all of their 
uh, information, where they live, where they work, etc. And um, I have two photos where one little girl is by herself. It looks like her mom just gave her the keys, and she or, she's in the toy aisle by herself. And a couple of years ago, I think in Georgia, I think, or South Carolina, where this man saw this little girl and attempted to drag her out of the store, even though her mother was there close by. But she wasn't paying attention to the little girl. She was kind of a distance, but on the same out where the guy came in and just was dragging her out the store. Mm -hmm. Nobody helped. And so... Like I said, I just think women need to be aware and they need to keep their children with them. I hate, again, too much is happening to the youth, to the children, because their parents are lackadaisical and like, well, I do this every day. I come to the same store every day. Nothing is going to happen. And your child is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. Very, very good point. Mm-hmm. Now, what I, what I want to do, do you have any speaking engagements coming up anytime soon? My first one for the new year of 2018 is going to be in Shallow, Shallow Church that's located in Garland. It's going to be at 4702 Saturn Road in Garland, Texas, but they need to register online. It's a $10 registration, and you go to the Shallow uh church website and that's mm-hmm. 4702 Saturn Road it's going to be at starts at 10 o'clock that's January the 27th of 2018 okay. now I do want to say this for those who are listening she's available for booking and for teaching not just group or even individual, whatever. This young lady is very qualified, very knowledgeable. Now, there are some things that we couldn't say because it's a visual. There are some content, you know, we can tell you, you know, uh, you know, audibly. But these are right. a lot of the things you need to see and I would say that this is a great investment because safety has no price. You shouldn't put a price tag on safety. But also, not just, you know, secular, but even in the church, uh, for those who are listening, if there are uh, leaders, pastors, um, whatever ministry that may be listening to this, I want y'all to listen carefully when she give her contact information. I would urge you all to give her a call, speak with her, book her, so that way she can keep the members safe. And not just pertaining to, you know, outside of the church, um, shopping, even safety measures within the church. Can you say a little bit more about that? Inside of the church, you know, just like um, Dylan Ruth, that I uh, like you said, he said, "Well, I almost didn't kill him. They were just so nice." Well, mm-hmm. we are good people in the church, you know. And when people, not everybody in the church is 
there to be saved, you know, when those visitors, um, when people come in. Because on Tuesdays, uh, I'm sorry, on Wednesdays, on Sundays, we know on Sundays that you, you, you're wearing your best clothes, you got on your, the nicest jewelry, and you got your, your tithes and offerings. I mean, what better day than to, on Sundays, it's to rob a church. You need to be uh, aware in church. Again, everybody in the church is not saved. And when a lot of people are they're so, and I won't say lackadaisical, but they're so used to coming to church, seeing the same people, and they see the, the, the visitors. Some churches, they do acknowledge the visitors. I, I think I've been to one church where they didn't acknowledge. But you need to pay attention to those visitors because sometimes you may sit, sit next to that person, that visitor, and you go up and you pay your tithes and offering. When you come back, that visitor is gone with your purse. So you have to be aware no matter where you are and watch those visitors that come to your church. Not again. You you have to be aware of your surroundings all, no matter where you are. Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, like I said, uh, being up there in Lusteric, it really, it really taught me, it really grew me up, and mm-hmm. especially when we in church, a lot of times mm-hmm. when they're praying, everybody. Eyes are closed. Now, Mm -hmm. those who are the officials at the church, it could Mm -hmm. be uh, the deacons, the ushers, whatever, um, Mm -hmm. security, Mm -hmm. they're watchful. They're watching. They're watchful. Mm -hmm. And and that's the way you should be. Right. Exactly. And that's the way you have to be. You know, you have to be mindful and watchful of who, who's, who's there. Mm-hmm. Because you know, just like if somebody came in there with tattoos, uh, with a wife beater on, everybody's going to be focused on that person. They may not close there because they have already stereotyped or assumed this person is a thug, and maybe he may be a pastor himself. You don't, you don't know, but. Every, mm-hmm. Nobody would close their eyes if that person came in. Mm-hmm. That's not what they're used to. He's a visitor, you know. But you have to be mindful at all times, no matter of who's you're, who you're sitting next to. Mm-hmm. You have to be conscious and alert and aware of your surroundings, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no matter where you are, because, like I said, Dylan Roof. They wouldn't expect him to come in and just shoot everybody. I mean, who knew? And he's proud of that. And they didn't think he was going to do that. They just thought, well, it's a nice young man. He's one of uh, praise and worship with us. You know, but they had cameras, and I'm I'm glad of that. Yeah, you know. And it's important also, when you go into your house, please lock the door behind you. That's another one of my pet peeves, yeah. too. I hate, yeah. Yeah. I hate well, you, you, you have to teach that to the children, too, because children <laughs> yeah. are always opening the door. And, you know, I'm glad you said that, but it's just like older people that 
are lonely and they just made tea cakes or coffee or whatever and somebody knocks on the door and they're just open it. So you need to teach the seniors to keep their doors locked and don't open a door for uh, people that you assume that just like when um, somebody will say, well, um, Freeman, I'll be there in, in 20 minutes and I keep the door open for them. I'll let them know, well, the door will be open when you get here. That's something you shouldn't do. Right. You know, and so, you know, hey, I'm outside. My my family do that. Even though I have a doorbell, they say, Debbie, I'm outside. And I'll, you know, go open the door for them. Because they're outside, not coming, not all around the corner, but they're directly outside. But a, a lot of kids do that, you know. And I'll go to my friend's house, somebody rings her doorbell, and sometimes, some of my friends, their kids just run to the door. And I would tell them, I said, you shouldn't let your son just run to the door like that and open the door if he doesn't. He can't even reach the, the um, he can't even look out the, the door, the door, um, what is it? He can't get, get out the, look out the window or the peephole. He can't even see that. And see, well, I didn't even think about that. I said, I know you didn't, sweetie. I'm, I'm, I'm going to me hip you to something. Don't have your kids opening your front door like that. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> and it was when you talk about the door too. Um, I keep talking about the holidays. Um, mm-hmm. As far as because you know that you know they have this thing called dumpster diving, and you know, and some people will tell you, well, what, you know, Mr. Prater, what'd you get for Christmas? And you tell me, oh, I got this TV and I yada yada, I got this. But the dumpsters, dumpster divers, what they're gonna do is watch all of the stuff that you got for Christmas because you're going to put all the boxes outside mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the door and they're going to say, oh, okay, this is what they got inside their house. And, you know, and some of the people don't lock their door. I mean, that's, that's telling them, that's like a telltale sign. You should just wait and, until take your trash out, you know. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. tear your boxes up or whatever. Don't let everybody know what you just got at your house, a new computer or whatever. Mhm. Mhm. But a lot of people yeah. do just, you know, keep their house visible with their Christmas trees and all the gifts um under it and, you know, it's a sad time where people just can just they don't care. They do the home invasions. The you least suspect at four o'clock in the morning where everybody's like dead asleep and they break into your house because they know what you have in there. Mm-hmm. But you have to be just vigilant. <clears throat> yeah. I always say keep it may sound pretty some people may like the sun but keep your mm-hmm. curtains closed keep your yeah. curtains closed have, yeah mm-hmm. <clears throat> and yeah. even another thing um one of the things i do with the boxes if there's something of value either i wait to the day of trash where it's torn up and it's right. shoved down the trash can, or mm-hmm. you put the box in your car, you drive mm-hmm. somewhere, and you send it somewhere else in another right. dumpster. Mm-hmm. Not, not mm-hmm. a residential dumpster, but a commercial right. dumpster somewhere. Yeah, business, right, exactly. Yeah. And the same thing, <clears> but, uh, you know, what they're talking about. A lot of, have the, a lot of people now have that bell, uh, doorbell um where they have the camera on there. A lot of people don't mm-hmm. have that. And so when right. you have, you can, some, some things you could have um, mailed to your job or to your, like I have a very 
neighborhood. I mean, we're all like family over here. We watch out for each other. A lot of people have cameras and on my house, a next door neighbor. So it's very, um, it's neighborly over here. And I love that. And so I've never had any packages stolen and I don't even have cameras. I've never had any packages stolen, but even the, the mailman over here, I have like a barrier where he puts my mail or boxes behind it. And so you can, and if you have that option, you know, you tell the mailman where to put your mail, whether you put it over here in this corner where nobody can see, or you give it to the next door neighbor. But my neighbors over here, they, they see everything. That's why I said, you know, communicate with your next door neighbors. You know, let them know I'm expecting this from Amazon. Uh, call me when it comes in. Or go get it for me. Communicate with your neighbors if you have that type of a neighborhood. If not, get your mail sent to your job. Hmm. Now, now, real quick, if you don't mm-hmm. mind, you can give us your contact information for people who may want to book you. Or do you do you do? Um, Private session, private session also. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 If you don't mind giving us uh, your contact information for those who may uh, be interested in booking you. Okay. Thank you. All right. My number is two one four two eight eight zero nine one eight, and that's Women's Sense of Awareness. And my email is women's sense at hotmail dot com. Also, what I'm gonna do with your information mm-hmm. for those who didn't have time to write it or anything, what I'm gonna do, right. I'm gonna attach your information to this link of this podcast. So Okay. So you you might get a you might get a a phone call to be booked months or years from now, even after this episode. Right. Mm-hmm. Episode. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I want to add something before I leave. Facebook. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people have Facebook. A lot of people, and that's what it is. It's your book. It is your story. But you don't have to tell Facebook your whole life story. I mean, majority of my friends on Facebook are my friends. I don't just accept friends just to have numbers. Um, I don't tell Facebook uh, <clears throat> everywhere I'm going. I don't have my because, I mean, if if you're taking pictures, if you have your location on your phone, uh, just say you just broke up with your ex-boyfriend and you have a restraining order out on him, but he still has your Facebook uh page or your Facebook information, well, he knows where you are because you're taking that picture, your location is on your phone, and therefore he knows where you are. So when you're on your Facebook, take that location off. And again, you don't have to tell everybody your every move on Facebook. I mean, so Mm -hmm. much has happened where so many people have met people on Facebook and they're no longer here because of 
the information that they're revealing on, on, on there. It's too much information. Just like when you give in person to somebody you don't know, you give them your whole life story, and they ask you what time it was. Mm-hmm. No, but there's not a written clause for you to just tell Facebook your whole story or everything about you. I, I think that some people should really think about that and not do that. Mm-hmm. And especially if you if you are going on vacation, don't tell people mm-hmm. that you're leaving. If you and feel when like, you come back, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and when you yeah, come back, yeah. your house is broken too. Well, I wonder how they knew I was on vacation. Well, sweetie, you just posted it that you were going to Florida. Mm-hmm. You just posted that, and we see the pictures. And even if you didn't post it, we see the pictures, and we just do our timeline and see, and we drive by your house and see there's no lights on. We, we're looking at the timeline from day to day, from the day you got to Florida to the day you left, and then you let us know, I'm on my way back to Texas. I'm on my way back to Dallas. You, you don't have to let us know. You can just tell us, you know, tell us when you get back. Post all your pictures in. Right. I went right. to Florida. I went. Right. And now I'm going. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Let them know where you've been instead of where you're going. Exactly. Mhm. Mm. Yeah. Well, I definitely, definitely thank you, Miss Freeman, for you're welcome informing us, helping us, encouraging us, and um, and I really hope that you take this to heart. I really hope the listeners take this to heart. We are not putting about it down, but we're informing you in the day and time yes. that we're living in. Mm-hmm. And if people saw what we see on an everyday basis, I really think that that will help them to understand why we're so passionate about passionate, safety. Passionate, yes. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, but some people think, well, you know, y'all just overboard. No, no, no. You don't understand. No. And especially, we have inmates in the past or present, they tell us what they've done. They tell us, you know, yes. who they pray on. They confess a lot of stuff to us, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm, I, I listen, and what I do, mm-hmm. I try to use it as a learning tool. Okay, I'm informed. Let me see if I can inform as many people as possible. But, right. you know, you can't make somebody change their mindset. But when something happens, mm-hmm. you know, you let them know, hey, look, it could have been avoided, but look, next time, do this, do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And will you say that it, it, something that changed their habits? I'm going to tell you this. I was at a store in Dallas, and uh, I watched this lady and her husband. They were in the meat, at the um, meat counter. And her, she had a big purse in the cart, and I call it big purse for no reason. It was really big in my cart. And I use this in my presentation because I took a picture of her and her husband. And somebody called her on their cell phone, and she just walked down the aisle. But I had her, her purse in my, in my hand the whole time. I went out, and some people think, well, that little rope that's on, the, it's like a little rope, and you top your purse, and it, and it doesn't do anything. It doesn't ring. It doesn't chime. It's not like an ADT to do anything. But I just took it apart, took a purse. And, again, somebody called on their cell phone. 
Um, she didn't know I had a purse. And then I did, <clears throat> excuse me, miss. And she turned around. She said, that's my purse. I said, sure is. And then I told her what I did, explained to her, to her what I did. And uh, I ended up speaking at her church and uh, gave her purse back. And I followed her again through the store. She never put her purse back in that cart. She had her purse up under her arms, and her husband was pushing a cart. So something negative had to happen for her to change what she was doing, that she was used to doing, that she thought was okay, like you just said. Hmm. So well, that changed her mindset. That changed her mindset. She was right there with her purse, and I took it, but she wasn't paying hmm. attention. She was focused hmm. on the meat. The whole time. Hmm. Well, Miss Freeman, we definitely, definitely, definitely thank you, thank you for your wisdom. And on a personal note, mm-hmm. thank you for helping me be the officer that I am. Thank you for helping me be the father that I am, the minister that I am. And I didn't say this in the in the uh, <laughs> beginning, but. Every now, now I'm kind of talking kind of low now because I lost my voice and kind of having a little cold. Mm-hmm. But for years, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always told that I talk too low. I talk too low. So Miss <laughs> Freeman, <laughs> Freeman is the one that have always been patient. She always taught me things and um, at work. And the little comment was, I need to speak up a little bit. Now, I do yes. at times, I do speak up when, if I'm at work or something, mm-hmm. or if I'm ministering or whatever, mm-hmm. but naturally, um, when a person, um, when I get out the pulpit or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, the video stop, that's mm-hmm. when my volume decreases again. So, uh, mm-hmm. I thank you for helping me to learn the outside voice and know when mm-hmm. to use the inside voice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and on this stage, I have to tell you, and I've told you before, I am so proud to call you my my ex-trainee because <laughs> you have the voice that people listen to. You have your podcast. You go live in your blogs. And I, I'm I'm the one that's proud. I'm honored. Because um, you you have made a went from zero to a hundred in your voice, and I'm very proud. I'm the one that's honored and very proud to say I trained that young man right there, mm-hmm. Pastor Brother Prater. Well, thank you. And again, thank you for having me. I really enjoy myself, and I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing from these young ladies. I have so much to offer. Um, so much. Yes. And, and also, just in case any guys are listening, this would be a great gift, regardless if it's Christmas season or not, for your mm-hmm. sister, mother, girlfriend, mm-hmm. fiance, daughter, mm-hmm. whoever. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just because you're a guy, you feel like, well, you know, that doesn't uh, uh, pertain to me. Hey, look here. Yeah. You know yeah, a female, does. or even mm-hmm. introduce the church. So, mm-hmm. all means, you can help get the word out. 
because yes. you don't want to listen to this show and brush it off, and then all of a sudden something happened to someone that you know, that you love, mm-hmm. and you had the tool but didn't utilize it. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do before we before we end, if you don't mind, we're going to say a word of prayer. Number one, we praying for God to continue to bless you, to use you. We praying that God really shine his light upon you and open up many doors that the devil tried to close. God opened them up and even opened up new avenues for you to be able to expand this ministry. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, for using Miss Freeman. God, we thank you, Lord, for the gift and the ministry you have given her. God, we ask you, Lord, to continue, God, to order her steps, God, and you make every crooked path straight right now in the name of Jesus. And state of mind, everything you stand for, about every problem, about every confusion right now in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the ministry. And, Lord, we even thank you, Lord, for those who are listening to this show, God. God, we speaking, God, that you know the needs and the concerns, God. God, we ask you, Lord, to heal for those who are hurting physically, mentally, or emotionally right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we speaking of safety right now, God. Help your people, God, to be aware, to be conscious, God, of you of the discerning spirit that you have given us, but also even the uh, surroundings that we're in right now in the name of Jesus. And saying about everything you stand for, about every problem, about every confusion right now in the name of Jesus. We bind every trickery plan that the devil try to put forth right now mm-hmm. in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done. We thank you for everything you're going to do right now. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. Amen. Thank I want to you. thank each thank and every one who tuned in and listened to the show. Feel free to contact me. I'm on Facebook. I'm Brother Prater. Also, if you want to contact Miss Freeman, if you didn't get the information, like I said, I will put the link onto this episode, or you can contact me directly, and I can definitely make sure that she gets the information. Uh, I'm on Facebook, yeah. Brother Prater. Uh, you can read my daily devotions, uh, uh, videos that I post on my page, or you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's Brother Prater also. And on my website, www.brotherprater.org, you will see my daily devotions, the upcoming events, and personal appearances. And also, if you go to the store section on my website, you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to Godly Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to inform men of the needs and responsibilities to their children, family, spouse, or children's mother, to inform women the needs of a man to give the single women the qualities of a potential future husband and or father to present and future children. I want to thank each and every one who tuned in to the show. Thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart radio program. God bless you and good night.